In this episode of the Church Security Roll Call, we're going to be discussing responding to an active killer. Stay tuned. Hi, this is Chris with Sheepdog Church Security, and this is your Church Security Roll Call. Today we're going to be discussing the article, Facing Evil, Responding to an Active Killer. If you'd like to read that article, go to our website, sheepdogchurchsecurity.net, and look under the News tab. So let's begin in the Bible. This verse is Exodus 22, verse 2, and it reads like this. If a thief be found breaking up and be smitten that he die, there shall no blood be shed for him. So basically what this is saying is this, is at least in ancient Israel at the time, the law was that if you killed somebody, if somebody was killed, then their family could avenge that death. But in this situation, what's basically saying is, hey, this person was breaking into somebody else's home, committing a crime, and if, they are, if they're smitten and killed from the homeowner, if you will, then there should be no revenge killing. There should not be capital punishment in that situation because it was in defense. So I have some news stories for you. The first one is Nashville, Tennessee, November 7th, 2021. Um, man who was an occasional attender but not a member pulled out a handgun near the end of the Sunday morning service, went to the front, and waved it threatening at the congregation. The pastor tackled him from behind and was joined by others holding him down until he released his weapon. The next one is Papillion, I'm probably saying that wrong, Nebraska, uh, November 18, 2021. On a Thursday afternoon, a man wielded a knife in a church. The pastor and the secretary locked themselves in the office and called 911. Police called for lockdowns at three nearby schools as officers were on their way. The man was arrested as he left the church. Next one, Aurora, Colorado, February 4th, 2022. Um, about 8 p.m. at a Friday night event at Aurora Church, a man shot three adults. Um, a 36-year-old woman was killed, and two pastors aged 40 and 43 were wounded. According to police, he knew at least one of the victims. The shooter fled the scene. So as we've been talking about a lot lately is these violent intruders, these active killers, these active shooters, and these are just a few more examples of the many examples of shootings or violent encounters, deadly force incidents at churches. And so we have to be prepared. We have to have very real plans. Now today what I'm hoping to do is take some of the things that we've spoken about a lot in past programs and kind of take it to the next level for you. So before we continue, I just want to remind you, if you look down in the comment section, you're going to see that there's two links there. One link is for the show notes. And so the show notes are basically a summary of what I'm talking about right now. The thing about the show notes is this, is we only use one site for the show notes. And so that means every week we're changing that download. So basically, if you want to get the notes for this program, don't wait. You need to get it right away. You click that link. All you have to do is put in your email address, and then we email you 
a PDF copy download of the show notes. The other one I want to draw your attention to is the lessons learned. Now, if you've been following us for some time, you know that roughly every four weeks, we discuss another act of killing at a church, and we talk about the basic details of what occurred and then the lessons learned. Now, that one is a different landing page, a different site, um, works the same way. You put in your email address and you get the download for the lessons learned. And so, and that's available for four weeks. So you have a little bit more time on that. But either one, if you want the show notes or you want the lessons learned, it's constantly changing. And if you want them, get them while they're hot. All right, so let's get into Responding Active Killer. Now, one of the things that we've talked about many, many, many times is the basic response of run, hide, fight. And a lot of us have heard that so many times that... um, you know, so we can tune out a little bit, but I'm going to ask you to tune in because what I want to do today is I want to talk about those things, but more a little bit more advanced in that. So you'll figure out what I mean here in just a minute. So let's talk about the run, hide, fight. The first one, of course, is run, and we know that, and we teach that, and we prepare for that. But one of the things that we might not be doing is conditioning ourselves, our team, the high capacity volunteers, staff, ministry leaders, and even our congregation. We need to condition them to do that. And by conditioning, you you usually condition people to do stuff. Well, let me back up a little bit. A lot of you have probably seen videos of shooting incidents or violent encounters inside churches. And one of the things that you'll notice is a lot of times nobody really moves. Most people just stay in their seat. They don't move at all. And it's because of two things. Number one, shock. You know, that initial shock, like, did I, you know, like, some of it's denial, some of it's shock. You know, is that really a gunshot? Did the pastor really just get shot? You know, what's going on here? What's happening? You know, that kind of thing. And there's that hesitancy. Um, before they figure things out and maybe start moving or activating some sort of plan. And what that's kind of that's kind of the standard. And they need to be taught to run, to get out of the area. Now there are some strategic things that you have to think about in this situation. One of them is that um, I've talked to some safety teams that said, you know, we're not so sure we want people to get up and start running because now we have moving targets and we're not going to have that straight line of fire, you know, to engage the bad guy. Now, my thought is this. If a shooting occurs and your team is ready and prepared and they respond right away, most people are just going to be in that frozen initial state anyway. So as long as you and your team are properly conditioned, you're going to be able to engage that bad guy. Even so, when you're talking about a room filled with people and somebody could jump up at any moment, um, you're always going to maneuver yourself into an area, if able, if it's feasible, you're going to maneuver yourself so then you do have that straight line of sight, that straight line to engage them without putting other people at risk. 
So I'm not so sure if shooting right over the heads of people during an active shooter situation is really the best scenario anyway. You need to maneuver. But with that said, um, we need to condition them and we need to condition our teams. One way we can condition the congregation and other people to evacuate is by practicing evacuation. And so, now a lot of us probably aren't going to be able to actually have a church-wide drill where people evacuate for an active shooter scenario. Probably, but what you probably can get is that fire evacuation. Because an evacuation is an evacuation. If you practice it once a year during October, which is fire safety month, then, you know, that's, that's you've conditioned them to at least evacuate once a year and what that feels like and what that looks like. Next thing that we have to do is we have to condition our team. I am a true, true believer in mental rehearsal. And mental rehearsal is basically where you say, if this happened right now, what specifically would I do? And so we can be playing that game ourselves. Like, hey, how would we, you know, if a bad guy stood up here in the sanctuary and started shooting, how might we get people moving to get out of the area to evacuate so we could deal with that. How might we push them and move them and motivate them? Well, one's going to be communication, of course. Um, but, you know, you get kind of the idea and you say, okay, I would do this, I would do that. Well, you can also play, if you're a leader at all, and if you're a safety team member, you should have some leadership skills. You can play this with other people on your team. Say, hey, do you know what you're supposed to do if this happened right now? What's your responsibilities? And you could say that to ushers, maybe. Now, you got to know your audience, you know. Talk to the usher. Say, hey, if you had to evacuate the sanctuary right now, what would you do? What's your post? How do you act? How do you respond? And what happens is, as they're explaining to you what their responsibilities are, it's actually a mental rehearsal. And so you're conditioning them to evacuate the sanctuary, to do what they're supposed to do. So you can do this with your team leaders. Uh, or safety team members. You can do this with your ushers. You can do this with the door greeters. Hey, if there was a disturbance out in the parking lot, what would you do? You know, what is your responsibilities? Do you know what you're supposed to do? And hopefully they're telling you, well, close the door, it's already locked, and then notify you that there's something going on. Make sure my fellow door greeters get out of the way of their door so they can close and lock, and now we're you know, waiting for further instruction or whatever your procedures are at your church. So that's that mental conditioning. Next thing I want to talk about is kind of, um, it's kind of now the combining of the run and the hide. You know, our teachers that are working with students, you know, we're training them to go into lockdown, right? So we all know that. We've heard it a million times. You shut the door, hopefully it's already in a locked position. You turn off the lights. If you have a window, you know, hopefully you have some drapes or some blinds to close so they can't see inside. You know, we're hiding around the room. We're turning any we're turning off any electronic items that might make noise or cause light in there. We want to make the room look as, you know, uninhabited that there's nobody in there at all. Now, 
joining that with the run is this, is depending on the layout of your church, depending on the size of your church, depending on where the bad guy might be, there is sometimes a necessity or it's better <coughs> for, sorry about that, it's better for people to evacuate. And so, you know, maybe their first initial thing, because they've been conditioned and you've spoke to them, you know, multiple Sundays, you're constantly keeping them sharp, playing these what-if games, it's probably always going to be starting with that lockout or that lockdown. But then what about evacuation? You know, what are the commands for evacuation? And if they are given commands for evacuation, um, then what is their route to ensure that they're not going to be meeting up with the killer somewhere? Or if, or even worse, let's say they're in that classroom and they're in lockdown and, and the guy's at the door and is breaking down the door and may successfully get in, is there another evacuation route? Is there a back door that they can evacuate through? Is there a window that they can climb out of? We have to think about those teams as, as the safety team leaders. We need to look at those things, have those discussions with our team, and then ultimately start having these discussions with child care workers so they know what to do. Now we know in the run, hide, fight, you know, that's taught, hey, we've, we couldn't run, so we hide, we're hiding. We put ourselves into lockdown. Now the guy is beating through the door. The next thing is fight. Well, you can go back to run if there's a feasible way of retreating. So an example might be, you know, like I said, is there a back window? Can we get kids? Can we hand kids out a window? Can people climb out that window and then run for cover? You know, and so that's part of that we, I want you to add into that conditioning is go into each one of these rooms that you have at your church and think through this. Hey, there's a shooting. We go into lockdown. What does a lockdown look like in this room? You know, what, what specific electronic items are there? Is it easier just to unplug the computer monitor or the TV or find the remote and push the button? You know, if we have other things, do we have a phone in this room? You know, how do we mute that if we need to mute that? You know, what other, you know, is there movie, TVs, all that kind of stuff? Figure that kind of stuff out. What does it actually look like? Look at any windows you have. You know, is, you know, we got a great, you know, do we have a good lock on the door, but then we have a window that if he smashed out, they could just reach in and open up the door. You know, what are these, you know, think through what does it look like? You know, I think about the horror movies in the 80s, right? And people would run into a shed or run into a room and lock themselves in. And, um, you know, the, the bad guy, you know, the monster still can break in and get to them. You got to kind of think in those terms. I know that sounds really silly, but go into that room like, okay, worst case scenario here, they need to bust down this door. How are they going to bust down this door? And what can we do to either slow them down, stop them, or gain some other sort of advantage? and think through that. You're the, you're the lone survivor in that horror movie. What is it that you need to do in that room to be successful? And realize that not probably everyone carries a gun. So, you know, don't be, that might not be the answer, I guess. So think about secondary answers, other things that you might be able to do. And then, of course, then fighting. You know, looking very closely 
how, what are we actually asking of these volunteers and what suggestions are we making for them to be able to fight? You know, is there a fire extinguisher in the room? Are we just shooting a fire extinguisher at them? Maybe. Um, are we hitting them over the head with the fire extinguisher? Who's working that room? You know, how big are they? How strong are they? What, what's a reasonable thing that you can ask them to do? You know, is there some other, um, you know, do maybe they have pepper spray? You know, that's one of the, one, one of the things you could look at doing um, is possibly securing somewhere in the room pepper spray. Now, if there's children there, we're talking we need some level of security so a child can't get into it. And by child, I mean anyone under 18, because even a teenager will do dumb things if they know there's pepper spray stored someplace. You know, what is your plan that adults know about that they can grab that? And if they're defending themselves, maybe that's what they use. Um, maybe you wouldn't use stream in that case. Maybe it would be more of a fogger or an aerosol spray because you can't really expect an untrained person to be able to shoot a stream very effectively. I mean, they could, but you got to think about the stress that's going on. So that's basically what I wanted to talk to you guys about today. We've talked about the run-hide fight, and we've probably beaten that horse half to death. But now what I'm asking you to do is now take it to the next level and really think, okay, what, what does this really look like? And do that mental rehearsal and then start encouraging other people to, to share in that same mental rehearsal. We would do this and we would do that. And what if this exit was cut off? You know, what would, what would then be our alternate exit? and all that kind of stuff. You know, okay, now we're in lockdown because we had to hide. What does that actually look like in this room? And what weaknesses do we have that we might meet and need to take? Or, you know, if it changes where we go from hiding to now we're evacuating, what does that actually look like for this room and the people that are likely to be in this room? And then fighting. Okay, we talk about pick up books and hymnals and throw things and stuff like that. What does it actually look like for the person or people in this room and how is it going to work out for them? So that's basically what I have for you. I know there's not a lot of answers in what I gave you. Um, there's more questions and that's really what you need to do. You need to go to your church with questions and ask lots of questions and think about step one, step two, step three, you know, alternatives to what's going on, all that good stuff. So thank you so much for joining us today. Um, if you're not part of our safety member certification, I really uh, encourage you to get on that course. People are joining all the time. We're doing our online training together. Um, some people are training on their own time, their own computer, and some people are doing a blending. They attend with me sometimes and do some on their own. So anyway, there's lots of options out there to get certified with us. I just want to encourage you to do that. Other than that, if you like this video, please like, share, comment. You know, let's start a conversation. You know, a lot of what I said today, you know, there's a lot of what ifs, right? We could what if anything to death, but there are some what ifs. And what ifs are good to ask for the most part. Now, you can go too far with it. You know, what if aliens attack? You know, okay, right. You know, um, you know, let's stick with what's more likely to occur. And then 
but we can have these conversations. So, you know, go ahead, start a conversation in the comment section. I'll be glad to participate and any of you guys too, join in the conversation. Let's let's talk about these things. And even though there still might not be any really good answers, at least we're thinking about it and that's what we have to do. So thank you so much for joining me and hey, let's be careful out there. This program is made for informational purposes only and should not be taken as legal advice.